0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Small Business CFOs. Now, on today's episode, we're going to dive into a topic that's very, very relevant because a lot of people are looking at PPP loans and even just financing in general. So, this is a very important topic that a lot of people should, you know, really pay attention to. And that topic is, you know, or let me just say, I'm just going to get to the punchline. Not every type of money is good money for your business so as a business owner you need to understand what is good money and what would probably be bad money for your business and we're going to dive in a bit deeper because there are a lot of people that are asking about the, hey the ppp money and wait should i take or can i go take a loan out because hey of this and that i'm like okay Let's actually dive into it. Let's understand some stuff because there are some people that we've talked about it and discussed it and they've come to a conclusion that, you know what, you shouldn't go for the money because it wasn't right for their business. And we're going to talk about that in this episode. So I want to welcome to Joe, show, my lovely CFO wife, Lola, welcome to Joe. show.
1: Hi, Terrell. Thank you for having me. Wait, no, this is my show too. Hey, <laughs> we're happy to be here. <laughs> oh, so awesome. Yes. Yeah. You know,
0: let's just cut to the chase for for people. I mean, when it comes down to you know to, to businesses trying to get access to capital, you know, what are some of your thoughts? I mean, when when you hear someone saying like, "Oh, there's TPP money. I need to go out and get it." What are your thoughts?
1: Read the fine print. Uh, I think that's always kind of my caution because I think a lot of times, and you know, you think about this if you kind of go back to you know when you were maybe in in college. This happened to me when I was in college, and I was you know trying to build my credit. You know that whole thing of like where people are like you know you have independence. You're now living in you're living off campus, or you know you kind of have a sense of you feel like you're grown basically, and you know. You have basically banks that try to give you loans and or credit cards, and it's this whole thing of growing your credit. But really, when you don't read the fine print, what you end up finding out is a lot of times you're like, oh, well, I can just use my credit card and pay whenever I have the money. But the reality is you're going to be getting charged interest for that. Right. And I know that's probably the simplest example, but I think anything any situation where you're getting a loan, any situation where you're getting even what a lot of people will consider to be free money, you always have to read the fine print. And by fine print in this case, one, I think you need to understand why am I even eligible to get this money? Because you want to make sure that you're eligible to qualify for what you're applying for. So you don't basically end up being charged with committing fraud. Like you don't want to do that. So first understand if you're eligible for this. And I think with the PPP loan, one of the things that I've seen is, you know, we're not discouraging people from applying. We, in fact, I know Terrell's helped a few of our clients go through the process, but understanding just in general, when it comes to not just the PPP loan, but money overall is just Do I qualify? One, because I think that's important. And then secondly, like, what does it entail? Like, what do I have to do to make sure that I'm keeping up with the requirements that I met by qualifying? And then also making sure that, hey, I have a plan in the event that I need to pay this back. Or if there's a time frame and it's a loan is, hey, what's my plan to actually pay it back?
0: Yeah. And I think it's funny that you brought up the example of college, because I think back when I was in college, one of the things that used to you know I can say I wouldn't say it bothered me I, I was I was a little jealous at times where when I'd look and I'd see you know around the end of the year like some of my classmates were getting like you know new car I guess it was a it was a used car but it was new to them where they were getting new cars and stuff and I'm like, man, how were you guys able to afford that like I'm working like two jobs uh, to help pay my my living expenses. Um, Because I had an apartment and pay off, you know, the, the loan that I had on the car that mm-hmm. I was driving at the time. So I'm like, I'm trying to take care of those responsibilities. But how are you guys able to afford it? And one of the friends told me he was like, oh, it's just, you know, when they looked at their, it was a refund check. And I was like a refund check. Oh, from yeah. what?" <laughs> and when they what they did was they were approved for X amount of dollars. So let's say if they were approved for ten thousand dollars. Well, when it came back, they only needed $5,000 to pay for their their school expenses. So in their mind, they were like, hey, this is free money. I'm going to just take that extra $5,000 and then go spend it on something. Now, fast forward. I mean, I graduated in, what, 2007? So fast forward, what, 13, 14 years later, some of those people are still paying on their student loan debt because I think they didn't really understand you know the the reality of hey this isn't just free money like
1: yeah if you and aren't.
0: That's- Oh, go ahead.
1: That's No, I was going to say, that's actually a question I had, because when I first came to the States, like, I'd been in America at the point when I started college. I'd been in the States for, like, two, three years at that point. And I would just see people, basically the same thing you mentioned. Like, they would have designer purses, and they'd have a bunch of money. Like, and it always happened right around a few weeks into the semester. And I'm like, okay, so they must have been working one heck of a summer job, because I don't understand where this money's coming from. But to your point, like, to be honest, I didn't even know that that thing was a loan until, like... Like, I was like, oh, I connected the dots. I'm like, oh, they have to pay this money back when they graduate. And I don't think a lot of people understood that. Um, But yeah, that's a really good, interesting that you bring that point up, because I actually didn't find out until a few weeks ago that that was actually the student loans.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, you know, it's, unfortunately, it's a common thing that a lot of people get into where. You know, when they hear about, hey, there's money available. Oh, let me go out and get this money because um, I want to I have some things I want to do with it. And one of the things that I tell people is, all right, you know, even in, in your personal life, um, you know, it's kind of a different conversation. But definitely when it comes to your business, what I tell them is, hey, let's ste- take a step back. What are you going to do with the money once you get it? And yeah. usually that first answer is, oh, i am gonna pay for this, pay for this. I'm like, OK, OK. Let's talk a little bit more. Let's be a little bit more precise because, you know, as my role as a CFO for their business, my job is to help them make smart money decisions. So what I go back to him and say, okay, all right, let's say, you know, outside of, you know, outside of the PPP forgivable loans, let's just talk about a loan in general. If you take this money, what are going to be the payment terms and what's the interest rate? And then ask yourself. Whatever you're going to do with this money, is it going to help you start making more money so that you're making enough additional money to now pay the payments plus the interest on this loan? Because if you're going to take this money and you're going to go do something that's not going to actually grow your business, the only thing you're doing is adding costs for you to have to pay back later.
1: I have a question. So, in that situation, what would be a situation where you would spend that money on something that actually makes you more money in your business, versus spending it on something that doesn't really provide a benefit um, from a business growth standpoint?
0: Yeah. So, for some 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 businesses, let's say you know if you're taking out a loan because you're trying to expand your business. Let's say you know if you you own a a store or whatever and you want to increase the capacity. So You're trying to, you know, knock down a wall, add more seating, or you're trying to add a delivery truck to your business so you can actually get your products to more people. When you're doing things like that to where this action or this thing that I'm spending the money on is going to allow me to make more money because I'll either be able to deliver more of my product or I'll be able to help more customers or I'll be able to bring more customers in. Or even if, let's say, if you're upgrading let's say a technology or software system that will allow you to stay in better contact with your customers. So you can either upsell your customers or you can stop losing customers because you're going to be able to stay in touch with them. You're going to be able to understand more of what they need. Like, is this money going to allow you to increase the, the revenue and the income for your business is the question that I would ask people. Now, we're in a unique situation when it comes down to PPP because yeah, was with PPP, be
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: a lot of people are using the money to then fund a expense that they have, whether it's funding, payroll and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and I guess in an indirect way, you can say, hey, by paying my people well, it keeps them around so they can continue, you know, servicing the client. But I think the dynamics with the PPP becomes a little different when you look at, okay, all right, and what what I'm going to use the money for is it actually a forgivable activity that I'm going to use the money for? Because if I'm going to use the money to do things that are forgivable, like I'm going to use it for sixty percent on payroll, use it for you know covering my lease, my utilities, and I think with round two you can use it for like software and stuff to to, to support your business. If I'm going to use it for those things. When I start looking at the business case for getting this money, okay, I'm going to use it for those activities, which makes the loan forgivable. Now, if the loan is going to be forgivable, that is only because, like I said, you had a plan for how you were going to use it and you actually stuck to the plan to use it for that thing.
1: Okay. Okay. So, like, in this situation, for example, where, you know, a business owner might say, hey, like, I took the PPP loan to help my business stay afloat, right, to keep employees uh, paid because I didn't have as much revenue coming in as what I used to have, you know, with the pandemic and, like, for example, a restaurant not having as many clients or just people kind of being a bit, um, I guess, shy when it comes to making purchases just in any business. So, I guess one of the questions that I would have is if I'm sitting in the And I kind of already know the answer to this, but I think this is a good discussion point is if I was in a position where I needed to take out the PPP loan, I'm I'm complying with what I need to cover in terms of the requirements that it meets. Like I need to use it for employee payroll, whatever it is. What would be your advice to someone when it's like in terms of thinking about like creating a plan for. Hey, in the in the event that you may need to pay this back and it's not forgivable, like what things would you say? Whether it's one or two things, like hey, you should be doing this. Like you've gotten the loan, it's helping sustain your business, but hey, these are some other things you need to be looking at um, to keep the business going.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I, I would say for th- there are some people, like I said, that, that there's a couple of clients that are or businesses that I've looked at. They took out a PPP loan now what they use the money for or like say they don't have enough eligible expenses to make okay. the loan completely forgivable. So they need to be prepared and have a strategy for being able to pay the loan back. And mm-hmm. what I always tell them is, you know, it comes down to the economics of, you know, the deal economics is kind of what I call it or the economics of your business. It's just saying, mm-hmm. OK, all right. if you know that you're going to have to pay this loan back, you know, let's look at the terms. Okay, the good thing is it's over. they spread it over six years and it's at a 1% interest rate, which means it's low. it's, it's a low cost of capital. So uh-huh. that means that, hey, you know, that you can go look at other areas of your business and ask yourself, okay, all right, since you have to pay this loan back and you're going to have to cover the regular expenses of your business, what are you going to do today to increase your revenue, to increase your profit so you will be able to pay this back when the payments start. Like let's, I think it's like what a year from now when you have to start making payments, like are you gonna have enough revenue to cover it? And I think, you know, to be able to answer that question is not, hey, well, we'll figure that out when that time comes. It's no, what are you gonna do right now to make sure that you're growing your business or you're cutting back on other expenses because now you need to make room for these payments at a later date.
1: Right, no, I agree. And I think another, just to add to that one point, I think another thing also is even just in our personal finances, I think there's a tendency or a temptation to defer things and just say I'll deal with that when I when I get there. But I think if you're a small business owner, I highly recommend, like Terrell said, really coming up with a strategy. Yes, understanding the economics, like what revenue do I need to make to sustain and to be able to cover these this loan when I do eventually have to pay it back. But also just thinking about it. I mean, if you have a six-year period to pay it off, like that's six years Figure out, hey, how much do I need to put up? How do I? How much do I need to make? And I think this is what you're saying, Terrell. How much do I need to make on a monthly basis? Not only to cover my expenses related to my business, but then also to be able to have enough money to save and enough money to put back into the business to over time. And and the better, the better, the more spread out it is, the more advantageous it is to you. Because if you wait until like year five, then that's a whole different conversation. Hopefully, by that point, your business has grown to the point where you can sustain that, and it's a quick, you know, just write the check and be done with it. Um, But yeah, definitely something that you want to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. And I think it really just comes down to, like I said, is when you're in business, if you're going to run a business, one of the the core things that you and I talk about all the time is that, you know, just people need to be understand deal economics. They just need to understand the economics behind the decision that they're making. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious as to like, you know, with the, the work you do as CFO from, you know, with, with Fortune 500 companies as well as other companies, you know, what have been kind of the the things that you've seen when people think about, like I said, the economics of their decisions?
1: Oh, um, hmm. I think there's a few things that have been. I'm, I'm going to speak just more so in general, but I think or speak specifically in sales, because that's where I have kind of most of my experience specific to this. I think when you think sometimes about like trying to close a sale, right? And there's always this friction between, not always, but a lot of times there's friction between the sales team and the finance team, right? Sales is trying to close the deal. To them, that's what defines a good deal. Hey, I brought it in, you know, I make my money um, and I get my quota, right? But I think the additional step that you need to take, especially as a business owner, is A sale is great, a sale is amazing, a sale is awesome, but a profitable sale is even better when it comes to your business. Right. And I think this actually falls in line with the whole, not all money is good money, because I think a lot of times people are focused on selling so much that they don't really think about everything else that needs to be factored. in. so for me, when it comes to actually your products and what you're selling is it's great to make money and it's great to have revenue, but it's also much better to have profitable revenue because I don't care how much money you make. If your cost exceeds the revenue that you're bringing into your business you have a loss, right? So you don't have enough to not only cover the product that you're making, but you don't have enough to pay your employees, to pay yourself, to cover some of the other recurring parts of your business. So I'm speaking specifically to it when it comes to just the deal of the economics of a sale um, specifically. Um, but I think it applies to anything, right? It's just not being so narrowly focused and thinking more so about all aspects of this deal. Right. So when I think about even just with getting a loan is you need to think realistically of, Hey, is my business, can my business sustain, um, the payback of this loan over X amount of time of whenever I need to pay it back. Like those are some of the things you need to ask yourself. And it's so tempting to just be like, well, I just need the money now. I'm going to figure it out. But a lot of times having that conversation that painful conversation ahead of time avoids the pain that comes after the fact, right? So that's yep. those are some of the things that I've seen, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good point on the sales piece because you know I was having a I was on a call with a company, and that was one of the things that we were talking about is like you know they were they, at the point where they were at where they've taken on some deals and mm-hmm. they've looked at some deals and and you know they they accepted these contracts with customers. But what they did not factor in is, well, how much is it going to cost us to actually deliver the product yeah, that they, yeah. or deliver the service that they, they're, they're paying us for? And so in that case is, is a classic situation where you know they, they're finding out that, hey, it's costing us more money to do the work than the customer can actually pay us, which to me in that case, I would say, hey, the money that the customer is giving you that's not good money because yep. it's actually costing you more than it's actually giving you and yep. when it comes down to making different decisions i think you really just have to get down to that point where you understand what are the economics of the decision like if we bring in this customer and we give them this kind of discount well you got to factor in well what are all the overhead costs that come along with with you know servicing this customer And if I add up all of the the cost of this deal and I compare it to the price, is that profit margin or, you know, in some cases, unfortunately, profit loss, you know, is that acceptable for where my business is? And I think a lot of people don't take the time to look at that.
1: I think the other thing also, if I'm being honest and I'm speaking from experience specifically to our business, um, is a lot of times especially when you're starting out um you just get excited about just selling right like somebody actually wants to use my services like oh my gosh like and then I think what tends up ha- what ends up happening is you run into the risk of then over promising and under delivering and I think that's like I've seen that at bigger companies than our business, you know? And it's just one of those things where I think you get excited. It's a new product offering or even if you're a business, right? Like you're a small business owner. You're like, man, like I'm excited. Like somebody contacted me. Like even if you do like, let's say coaching, right? And you have a corporate company reach out to you and like, hey, I really like the content that you're putting out. I would like for you to come in and do a coaching session and do some training with some of, you know, our, our staff and our team. Can you do do, you know, eight sessions um over a five day period um every couple of hours. And you're like, oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. I can I can make it happen. And it's like, guys, if you are a one man shop. Like a one woman shop. You are the only person that's going to be doing these training sessions, a training sessions back to back for five days. Like the money looks right. The money looks good. But another thing you have to consider is the cost of that decision. And I think, you know, just to be honest, when especially when you're starting out in the first few years of your business, you have to learn how to tell people no. Or you have to learn how to tell people, you know what, I'm going to have to scale back your expectations because there's nothing worse than delivering or promising something to a customer and under delivering. You would much rather over or under, under promise and over deliver. And that's one of the things that I had to notice, even with our business, when we first started out in consulting, I remember talking to a few clients and I don't even know why it took us this long to realize this, Terrell, because- like, we knew from the beginning, like, when we would have conversations about taxes, like doing taxes for clients, it would always be this, un- like, painful conversation January 1st. Like, man, like, okay, we got to do tax returns. Like, you know, we got to, we got to, people reaching out, like, oh, do you do tax returns? Like, my uncle wants to get his tax returns. And you're just seeing the money. You're like, okay, $300 here, $1,000 here. Like, you're like, okay, this is good. But when you really think about it, like, we were not the best people to be doing taxes, not because we weren't good at it, but it's just, you know, the reality is the excitement of what we were trying to do, like the excitement of like, we can make this happen and we can do this versus the actual ability that we had or the desire to even deliver, like they weren't aligned. So I think it's just sometimes as a business owner, like you just have to be honest with yourself and you just have to ask yourself and and tying this back to the point that Terrell had made is really understand not just the economics of the deal from a standpoint of like, what is this going to cost me, but also being honest because you don't want to run into a situation where you under you overpromise you underdeliver and then you lose that customer for good. You would much rather tell the customer like hey, I can't do 8 sessions, right? Because you might not bring all of your energy to 8 sessions. Like I can only do 2. You know, and then if they like you, you over deliver on that. They love you. They want to bring you back. By that point, you know maybe you you've built your and scaled your business enough to where you can partner with other coaches or partner with other bring people on to come and do even a bigger scale. But that's just one thing that I've learned is part of the deal economics is also understanding how to really gauge not just the cost but also the promise of what you're trying to deliver and be honest with yourself yeah
0: i would say to that point i mean I, i do think that there also is an element to to consider that you know what a lot of small business owners especially those in the service business what they find themselves in is they commit to something and they still deliver on it but they regret it afterwards because they're like man you know, this isn't worth the amount of money I'm getting paid. This isn't worth my time. And part of it, or this isn't worth the effort. And one of the things that I tell a lot of businesses, especially if you're in growth mode and you're hiring, you know, you're hiring employees, because at some point, you know, you're going to have to start hiring more higher caliber talent, which means that's more expensive. So Mm -hmm. you want to start to understand, Hey, What does your cost structure look like as you grow and to make sure that you're going after clients or you're going after deals that fit the profile of where your business is? Because when you first started off as a one person show, your cost structure was, you know, X or whatever. Your cost structure was very minimal. But as you start to grow, your cost structure is going to grow. And I think that's where it comes back to understanding the the deal economics or understanding the economics of where you are right now so you start making great decisions. Now, I know you guys have heard me mention that. So before we wrap up, one of the things that I want to pull up is, you know, for the business talk library university we have several different courses and one of the courses that we created because this was a repetitive thing that has come up is understanding deal economics and in this course what we do is we kind of dive into walking through some scenarios of hey here's the deal and here's kind of how we think about it to make sure that you come out in a positive way related to this deal and as, as Lola mentioned, I mean, I, I think every deal is negotiable because what I tell a lot of people, even if you're taking money from a even if you're taking money from the bank or whatever, one of the things that you run into is that it is negotiable. You can come back and say, hey, you know what? These are their terms that they presented to you. Well, hey, what if I do this or what if I increase the down payment or hey, what if I change this? What can we change in the deal? Because once you start to understand the economics of your situation, especially when it comes down to, let's say, you know, if you're talking with customers and you're negotiating price, what if the customer comes back? Because we do it a lot, because if a customer says, well, hey, this is what I can afford for these services, then all right. Let's adjust, <laughs> yeah, well, let's adjust the package for what you can afford. Let's right. not give you the full, we're not going to give you the premium service for the base price. <laughs> and I think right. another thing
1: yeah, to mention there is that's okay. Like if you can't afford that, that's fine. And just be honest about that. And then that way I'm also not doing you a disservice by trying, by being, I guess, not giving you the best of what it is you can afford for where you are right and there isn't that friction like i can fully deliver so yeah absolutely i think the understanding deal economics is a great course and terrell always does a great job breaking stuff down so absolutely check it out and remember guys like not all money is good money and what else Terrell?
0: i would say not all money is good money and it's a learning process so so definitely don't beat yourself up because you may go back and look and be like, yeah, I've taken out a loan before and it wasn't. Don't beat yourself up. I mean, being only a business, it's a learning process. Just make sure you're learning moving forward.
1: Yes, and we're not here to to beat you up. We're here to help you and give you the information that you need to go make that decision. So now that, you know, if you've taken out a loan and you're in a position where you're like, man, what am I going to do? Just like we said, start to make a plan to Pay that back. Start to think of the deal economics as far as everything else is concerned. And hey, take this course because it's going to be a great one for you. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to another episode of Small Business CFOs. Like we said, finance should not be the most complicated part of your business. And here at Small Business CFOs, we're here to make things simpler for you. Until next time.